He is perfect. Come on, honor him. I love you, Jesus. You are great. You are good. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you, God. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. I'm thankful to be in the sanctuary today. Amen. I'm not just talking about the physical aspect of where we are. That, in fact, true, yes. But I am thankful to be in the sanctuary of the Spirit. That the name of the Lord is a strong tower that we can run into and we can be safe. Aren't you thankful you know that name today? Aren't you thankful you have that peace in that name today? That you can call on the name of Jesus and you have hope that it changes everything. You know that? Come on, you've got to know that today. It, it can change everything. Just the breathing of that name, just the, just the mention, the prayer of that name, Jesus can change everything for you. I'm so grateful. Come on, somebody call on the name of Jesus again right now. Jesus, you are life. You are life more abundantly. I thank you for your name, God, that I can run to and be saved and be safe. And there's joy and there's peace and there's love and there's hope in your name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The book of Nehemiah, the 13th chapter. Nehemiah chapter 13. In the sixth verse. Now walk with me for a moment in the word. But in all this time was not I at Jerusalem. For in the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, came I unto the king, and after certain days obtained I leave of the king. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Eliashib did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God, and it grieved me sore. Therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I commanded, and they cleansed the chambers. And thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with the meat offering and the frankincense. Now let, let me talk to you for in the next few moments about vessels in their proper place, vessels in their proper place and pray with me father i love you and i thank you today for your great grace and mercy yet again that's evident here in this house and i pray lord that your word would resonate it would speak to us and it would guide us and help us and not only would it speak to us but we would embrace it and we would act upon it we would be made alive by it today and so lord i pray help us today every heart every mind men in the pulpit everyone in the pew that we might know you and we might come to you and and know, Lord, that it is your wish, it is your desire, it is your hope for us to be saved. And so, Lord, I pray, touch every mind, heart, and life in this place. Anoint me and anoint this people, and thank you, God, that we can be anointed by you this day. Help us to understand what that means. And so, Lord, be glorified. Thank you, God, for your word. Help us, Lord, to live by it and to be saved by your name, by your blood, by your word. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 Give two pe uh, people a fist bump. and. And smile at them, compliment them, let them know that you love them and that you see them today. In Jesus' name. I've got that deep, settled peace in my soul. I've been redeemed and made whole. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and I know. 
that deep settled peace in my soul. Come on, sing it with me. I've got that deep settled peace in my soul. I've been redeemed and made whole. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I know I understand that deep settled peace in my soul. Would you sing it again? I've got that deep settled peace in my soul. I've been redeemed and made whole. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I know I that deep settled peace in my soul. Would you thank him for that peace? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're so worthy in Jesus' name. You may be seated in Jesus' name. The children of Israel had not long before left Egypt. The miraculous moments still fresh in their, in their memory. The sand of the shore of the Red Sea no doubt still clinging to their sandals when Moses made his way to the top of the mountain. And there, there at the mountain's base, they, the children of Israel, returned to their base nature and wanted Aaron to make a God for them. He took their gold and, and threw it in the fire and, and told Moses when he had come down from the mount that, that after he had done so, out came a golden calf. But it was not so. For the gold, intentionally placed in the fire, was intentionally formed and fashioned into a golden calf. It was not some magical, mystical happening. It, it, it was purposed. Do you understand this? It was planned uh, it was planned and placed in a way that was intentional. And it, and it was all done. It was all done in the absence of Moses, the man of God, the spiritual influence and voice that God had used to lead them to liberty. Now understand this. David, a man after God's own heart, found himself on the rooftop in the evening and looked and seen Bathsheba bathing in a home nearby when lust longed for what was not his, and he sinned with her in adultery. If you read the verses before that happening in 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, you'll find that it said that it was at the time when kings go forth to battle that it took place. David was not where he was supposed to be. David was not where he was anointed to be. And it was there, in not being in the right spiritual place that he was supposed to be, that away from the influences 
that he was called to, but he faltered and he fell. Move ahead. Judas. Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, conspired with the chief priest to betray Jesus. And the word said this of him, if you would please. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence, in the absence of the multitude. Out and away from the crowd and the accountability, a place where the spiritual space was void and uh, of what would convict and, and correct in the absence of the multitude. It is in the weak, it is in the weak, out of order places of our life that we find ourselves the most vulnerable. Man in the pulpit, everybody in the pew. It is in the weak, out of order places of our life that we find ourselves the most vulnerable. The unaccountable times, the, the great gaps between when we are spiritual and when we are carnal. There in that tension between the two, away from the sound and the, uh, and the spirit of what helps us to be who we should be and to say, stay saved as we should want to be. It's when we, the vessels of the Holy Spirit, get out of place in our life and, and the vessels, excuse me, the things that occupy the spiritual space of our life are, are out of order or absent that inevitably things that oppose God will enter in and take the place they are not supposed to be in. It is when the spiritual things in our life are out of place, out of order, that sinful, wrong, carnal things enter in and take the place that they are not supposed to be in. Such was the case of Nehemiah and Tobiah. Nehemiah had asked for and been given the task of restoring the city of Jerusalem and the temple while the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon. And Tobiah, Tobiah was an Ammonite, a, a, an enemy of God, if you would, a, an enemy of Nehemiah and the Jews who had set themselves to restore the walls and the order of the city. And repeatedly, if you read the book of Nehemiah and understand it, repeatedly, uh, Sanballat and Tobiah had attempted to lure Nehemiah away from the work, trying to discredit and to hinder uh, in, in whatever way possible the work that was being done to restore the wall and to restore the temple. We cannot forget, we must not forget that the enemy of our soul, the devil, is relentless in enticing and tempting us to abandon and give up on what we believe and what we embrace and what we live. It cannot be forgotten that is his motive. Through the slow, gradual, repeated attacks in our mind and spirit, trying to wear and weary us down to the point of giving up and, and, and giving in. I, I will tell you today, quite frankly, uh, that there is an attack on the mind, an attack on the spirit. Every one of us, in some capacity, we are battling things in our mind. We are battling repeatedly on a continual basis things in our spirit and flesh that are bombarding us, attempting us, attempting to distract us and to get us to the place to give in. But as it said in another place in Nehemiah, the work was great and large, but the people had a mind to work. So should be the same spirit and fortitude that abides in your heart and mind. We should have a mind to work. Everybody over on my right, everybody in the middle, everybody on my left, we should have a mind to work. We have a call, we should have a mind to work. Come on, I need a bigger amen than that. We should have a mind to work. 
We should have a mind to work at spiritual things. Sometimes you've got to work at being spiritual. It's not just a chill bump that runs up and down your spine. When, uh, there's going to be moments that, you, that you're going to have to work at being spiritual. You're going to have to lower your head, put your head down, just, just keep at it and believe it, practice it. Amen. Get up every morning to determine that you're going to be what God has called you to be. We have a call. We have a purpose. This is not about present comfort. That's too often what we think it is. This is not about present comfort or carnal acceptance. This is about the saving of my soul. This is about the saving of your soul. This is about the saving of our soul. There needs to be a greater tenacity about our desires and disciplines and determinations in our living for God. For if the Tobias of our life can get us to come down off the wall and strike a league with him, then we will struggle in our stance and our forward progression in God. Hmm. Nehemiah was gone. Look at this. Nehemiah was gone. He was away from the work of Jerusalem in Babylon. And while there, while he was away, Tobiah was given place in the house of God. Now you have to read this entire to understand uh, the rhythm of it and, and what took place and, and how all this came to be. But suffice it to say, in the absence of Nehemiah, Tobiah was given place in the temple of God. He was given a chamber, a room, uh, that had once been used for the storehouse of the things of God, the grain, the goods, the vessels that were consecrated, the holy things, in other words, that were used in the service and the relationship with God. Uh, they had been consecrated to God. Those things that had once been there had been dedicated to God. Do you understand that? They, had, they were things that were purposed in the Spirit. They were utensils that were of a necessity to accomplish the will and the purpose of God and the plan that had been put in place. But they were removed, and in their place, Tobiah, the enemy of God, was given the chamber, and he took up residence in that chamber. He had brought his stuff into the chamber. The hallowed, dedicated things, the meaningful, sacred, precious things were removed. They were discarded, and in their place was Tobiah and stuff. That's what the word, that's what the word called it. The word called it stuff. In other words, it was nothing more than refuge, worthless articles that held no spiritual value. You've got to see this. They were just articles. They were, uh, they were tangibles. They were things of the flesh of, uh, uh, that just took up space, things that you could hold on to, but, but they were just there, but they weren't godly things. It was all done in the absence of the spiritual influence of Nehemiah. It all took place in the absence of spiritual influence, if you would please. In the absence of right spiritual influence, things that oppose God take up residence in our lives. You hearing this? It may seem simple. It might not seem important. Often it is unrecognizable. But the truth of the matter is, every one of us in this place, we are vulnerable to it on any given day. That in the absence of right spiritual influence, things that oppose God will take up residence in our life. It's in the silence of our soul when we're not hearing or sensing the voice of God speaking to our spirit that we will listen to wrong things and we will follow wrong steps. And it does not take long for an uncultivated field to turn into a wilderness. It does not take long for uh, the absence of spiritual things to be replaced with carnal things. 
When we, are not, when we are not looking at life and people and the flow of life through the lens of the word, we will follow a path that feeds the flesh and not the spirit. When I'm not listening to the right, just get practical with me for a moment. When I am not listening to the right things, when I am not watching the right things, when I am not reading the right things, when I am not hearing the right things, there will be something that will attempt to come into my mind and my heart that will take up spiritual residence that should be occupied by spiritual things in God. When the vessel that we are gets out of order, out of place, we as well get unaccountable to the things of God that keep us safe and keep us saved. There are certain things that we do. In our, everybody, everybody got to get this. There are certain things that we do in our life and that we practice in our life that are not necessarily things that save us, but they are things that keep us safe. And we too often have not addressed it this way in the church because we have merited things in our life saying that those things are, are the things that will save us. No, they are not necessarily things that will save us, but they are things that will keep us safe. They are insulators of the Spirit that are put in place in our life and practiced so that we might have a godly mind and that we might have a godly life. I don't expect these young people on my right to be perfect but I do want them to be godly. Amen. I recognize there's a good chance that they and every one of us in this house are going to stumble and we're going to fall. But I want to do the very best that I can to put in place the things in my life that keep me safe spiritually. Amen. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It is only the blood of Jesus Christ, his name, his word that saves me. But those things that I practice and put in place in my life can be the things that ultimately keep me safe spiritually. They are the insulators of my life that keep me in a right way. They, they occupy the space, the chambers of my heart that are committed to God. Amen. We were created to have and to maintain spiritual influence in our life and to never be away or have it absent from us. You've got to go all the way back to the beginning and look at it. That's why the garden was the way it was. And then they were cast out because of sin. And there was a flaming sword that was put there that prevented them from going back into the garden. Amen. You've got to look at that picture to understand. We were always meant to be in proximity with God and godly things. That's the way we were created. God created us to be close to him. He created us to have things occupy space in our life that are meant to please him and to help save us and save, be safe. Amen. Uh, for, for when it is absent from us, there is always a carnal habit that is waiting to find a foothold. Every time when we eliminate certain spiritual things in our life, there is a carnal habit that is waiting just to find a foothold. Always an appetite for sin and lust that will try to trip us. Always an attitude that is just waiting in the wings of our life to have it say. Come on, if you're not praying, well, I'll just say it for myself. If I'm not praying, I'll have a bad attitude. Am I the only one? Huh? No, I, I know I'm not the only one. I know some of you folks. Uh, if I'm not praying, I get a bad attitude. If I don't pray, my temper gets the best of me. If I'm not, if I'm not listening to the right things, amen, going down the road. Come on, I'm not saying you've got to be perfect all the time, but you've got to try. You've got to put effort into it. We're going to falter and fail and thank God for grace and mercy. But at the same time, God has given me the means to understand I can put things in place in my life that's going to make me a better person. Amen. Something from the 
from, from the devil always wants to move in on you and occupy that spiritual space meant for God and the dedicated things of your life. Look at this. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and, and went his way. Um, Jesus said it. This is Jesus saying this now. Uh, sleeping servants, sleeping servants, sleeping servants, let the enemy sow tares among the wheat. That's what he was saying. When we, spiritual lethargy could be, everybody hear me on this. Um, and, I, and I recognize a lot of people see this on YouTube and they hear this on our podcast. And I want to be very clear about this, what I'm saying right now. Spiritual lethargy could be the very thing that causes too many to be lost in this day where there are so many things that are wearing us out and causing us to sleep spiritually. I really believe that. I really don't believe that there's going, I really don't believe that there's going to be the infiltration of false doctrine. I believe there's always the chance for that. I don't believe that, uh, but I don't believe that's the thing that is most threatening to us right now. I really believe that the thing that is most, most threatening to our spiritual integrity is that there is just too many sleeping servants. There's too much spiritual lethargy in our culture right now. That we are not sensing the hour, we are not sensing the day, we are not sensing what is going on around us. And because of that, the enemy comes in and sows tares among the wheat and goes his way. All it takes is a seed to be planted. And unfortunately so, the carnal nature of humanity waters the seed where it will grow on in its life. And it grieved me sore. It grieved me sore. Therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. Nehemiah, now I must get a little more specific here. Stay with me. Nehemiah was, was grieved sore. In, in other words, it was, it was painful to him. It was painful to him to see the sinful stuff of Tobiah in a place that was meant for sacred things. If you would. Uh, the first part is me. Uh, the second part is, is, is the word in Proverbs. We worry too much of offending what is offensive to God. In a politically charged, motivated culture, we worry too much of offending what is offensive to God. This is what the wise man said in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy in the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Uh, we should be grieved. We should be like Nehemiah. Everybody, come on, family life. We should be grieved at the sight and the acceptance of sin in our own life and in this world. It should do something to us. It should churn something up. Something should be moving within our spirit. There should be something. If the salutation of Jesus, if the salutation of Jesus caused John to leap within the womb when Mary told Elizabeth of the coming of the Christ, amen, and it caused the babe John to leap within the womb, amen, because that was his purpose, it should be the same thing, that we have something conceived in us of the Holy Ghost, that something is moving within us because of conviction of what we see at work and at play in this world and even in our own lives. We should be easily convicted. There should be something happening within us that we recognize that, that the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is to what? Hate evil. That's a strong word. How could a God who is defined as love hate something? Because it opposes every aspect of the nature of who he is. He hates evil. We should be grieved at the sight and the acceptance of sin. He cast out the stuff. Look, look at this. He cast out the stuff of Tobiah. That's what the word said. He cast out the stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber of the house of God. He did not fold it. He, he didn't stack it in a, in a nice, neat pile and box it up and label it for him. 
He didn't put up with it. He cast it. No, no, he cast, he threw it out. We are too polite with sin. Our our culture does not want to make anybody uncomfortable. We don't want to talk about things and be direct and be specific because we we just want to be polite about it. We would be better to be uncomfortable temporarily right now than to be in torment for eternity. We should be able to walk up to the mirror of our life and look into our heart and recognize that there are things in there that are desperately wicked, the word said. Deceitful. But we should also understand that God is greater than our heart. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Amen. Nehemiah then had the chamber cleansed and put the vessels and the things of God back in order. It cannot stop with just the removal of wrong things. It must be that we put in place the right things. And, and, and this is important because, because that's what repentance is. We are often hurried to get people to a tank. I believe that. I'm all for that. Baptize them in Jesus' name. Amen. We, we often stress and emphasize the fact that they need the Holy Ghost. In fact, we all do. Except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. We know that. We, Jesus said that. We know But the truth of the matter is we often hurry people past the point of repentance. Because can I tell you, repentance is not about just the acknowledgement of sin. Repentance is the turning from sin. Repentance is the removal of wrong things and the placing of right things. Repentance is implementing what's been wrong all along and and, and changing it to be what's right. Uh, Implementing a new life, a new pattern, a new path, a new new things. We, We just can't cleanse it. We've got to cleanse it, and, and we've got to put the right things in. And in and, and, and all truth, everybody hear me right now. Please hear this. This is not just a moral obligation that we have. It is a spiritual mandate. This is not a good suggestion to live by. This is how we're going to make it to heaven. If we want anointing, then we need order. Because anointing will not happen in something that is not ordered. If we want blessing then we need submission because God's not going to bless that which is not submitted to him. Amen. We want, we want the pat on the back and we want to say everything's okay and fine, it's going to work out. No, it may not if we're not submitted. And we can't expect because we have a, we have a, a day, a, a church thought process that thinks, well, God's got to bless me because he's a good and merciful God. He is very good. He is wonderfully merciful. But he does not have to bless that which is not submitted to him. Amen. Our salvation is dependent on the maintaining of the spiritual space of our life, not just a casual association with God, not just a proximity with God that that we think that if I come to church and that's all I need to do. No, 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 there's so much more to this. When you get in your car, what are we listening to? When 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 the lights are low at home, what are we looking at? In our conversations, what are we what are we talking about? In the actions and the practices and the patterns of our life, what are we doing on a repeated basis? Because the more that we move out spiritual things, the more that we move in carnal things. The more that there is unoccupied space carnally, uh, spiritually, we'll find things that oppose God coming in. Too much stuff. Everybody say stuff. Too much stuff. Too much of the wrong things will occupy the space that is meant for the right and godly things that keep us safe. There's always going to be, Jesus, there's always going to be a Tobiah. There's always going to be a Tobiah. Waiting and wanting what you have, an enemy that 
wants you to be lost and to crowd out God and the things that, that keep you. Everybody know this? There is a devil that wants you to be lost. I don't want to forget that. Because socialized religion will just make this about the gathering on a Sunday. But true undefiled religion will make me understand that this is about the saving of my soul. And that there is a devil that just wants me to be lost forever, to go to hell, to be cast into the lake of fire forever. But the Helms wants me to be lost. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to miss out. I've come too far. I don't want to miss the moment. And I've got to make sure that I keep occupying my life with spiritual things that keep me thinking right. Keep me living right. It's time to get it right. To put what needs to be put in place in the right order and serve him completely, not with anything less. To cast out the things. Just, just throw it out. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop entertaining it. Stop listening to it. Stop being it. Cast it out. Don't, don't be polite about it. Come on, we're, we're, we're too casual about these things sometimes. If, if it opposes God, then you need to oppose it. If it's not right in God, then you don't want it finding a right place in your life. You gotta cast it out. You gotta get, you gotta get upset about it. It's gotta be something that, that, that's distasteful, that's uncomfortable. That we recognize it, that we're convicted about it. I prayed it this morning. God, convict my mind to see the things in my life that need to be changed. Because God, it is more important to me to be saved than it is for me to be comfortable. Amen. Must somebody pray with me right now. God, I need you. God, we need you. Oh, Lord, help us, convict us, direct us. Lord, help us in this place, every home, every family, every marriage, every mind to recognize, God, we must be saved. No matter what, we must be saved. Come on, somebody stand to your feet as you begin to walk down to this altar. If you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, this is, this is the time to come. Amen. But also, this is a time to come just to, to pray and to get it right and to, and to find, find the order that, that God wants in your life for you to be saved and for you to be redeemed and regenerated, revived. Come on, pray it. Somebody pray it with me as you walk to this altar, as you find this place. God, help me to put in place the things of the Spirit that will help me to be safe. Help me, help me to be safe in the Spirit, God. and Help my home to be safe and to listen to the right things and watch the right things and do the right things and speak the right words and have the right conversations, God, that I might hear you say, well done. Come on, that's right. Let it be today. Let it be today. Let it be today. Let it be today, God, that we feel this, that we know this, that we hear this. Oh, God. Oh, gracious and merciful God. Oh, hope of our life. Come on, that's where I pray. Let God deal with you. Let God, let His Spirit convict you about things that need to be corrected.